and welcome to Futures Focus, a fantasy baseball podcast centering around all the top prospects in the game, brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez, and joining me tonight, my co-host, Nate Eckert. Nate, Dodgers and Braves coming up to play here next week. Should we put a little uh, cashola on it, or what do you think about your chances coming to Atlanta? A little wager. Um, I, I'll never turn. I will never turn down a, a good wager for one. And for two, I was actually going to lead with that myself. So I'm glad that our headspace is in the same in the same realm. Uh, we're playing okay, but man, that that lineup in Atlanta is scary stuff, big time. Yeah, I mean, it, I've seen some abs- uh, like absurd stats lately, like. The teams that have the most 450-foot home runs are the Braves, and Acuna has four of them. <laughs> oh, my. That's just ridiculous. He's – yeah. So, um, yeah, my daughter watches uh, a few games here and here and there, and she knows when Ronald comes up every time. Ronald! Oh, I bet. <laughs> <Ronald>! <laughs> I bet that's the truth. Yeah. So, welcome aboard here. We have – a interesting episode. I mean, I think I say that every time we come up the air here, but I do think this one's kind of unique. I think last week's was very unique as well. Hopefully that helped you guys out. Sort of like uh, who's up. And we were kind of right last week. I don't know if you've listened to that, but you know, you you had a couple guys get called up. I had a couple guys get called up too. Um, I had Matthew Libertor who uh, had a nice start, and you got uh, you had Vientos and somebody else. I forgot. Tosh Bradley. But- Taj, yeah, Taj came up. So, and Rokio was up. So, it was already some good advice, I would imagine. So, hopefully, you some of those other guys get called up pretty soon. This next ex- exercise is something that, um, again, I'm getting inspired sort of how the 2023 season plays out. So, when I'm taking a look at some of these names that are super valuable right now in Dynasty, Jared Kelnick, Josh Lowe, Nolan Gorman, all of these names that I'm seeing here are uh, sort of post-hype prospects. They struggled yep. initially. Kelnick very much. Josh Lowe, again. Uh, like they didn't come up and set the world on fire. And for a brief period there, you could have any one of those three that I just mentioned for a third, a fourth of the price that you would have to pay today. And it sort of gives me the inspiration to share maybe there's some other post-hype sleepers that are coming for next year or maybe even later this year. So that's what this episode's about. It's all about the post-hype sleeper slash prospect fatigue. And that's a dangerous game because sometimes we draft a guy and they're a high schooler and we're very excited of them a la, I mean, recently Brandon House, Jared Trientos come to mind. We're just Blaze Jordan and we'll get to him. Just very excited about these high schoolers. And then we don't realize that it takes them four to five to six to seven (laughs) years sometimes to get up here and be fully what we thought they could be. And we'd love to give up on them for the next shiny toy in the draft, the next year's draft, two years draft, whatever it may be. And we sort of give up on those guys. Kelnick, Lowe, Nolan Gorman, Matt McClain, Mackenzie Gore. These guys, I mean, these are all people want these guys right now. And you could have got all of them for cheap at some point or the other. So that's the inspiration. We're going to take a look at some guys right now. You came up with a list of five. I've come up with a list of five. We're going to share our thoughts, go in a little deep dive on these guys that we have. So hopefully that helps you guys out 
Before we do that, though, we do need to talk about some of those prospects in the news right now, including Matthew Libertor. He came up and did his thing really, really well for the Cardinals, so much so that there was uh, an announcement that he is going to stay in the rotation. That's what you always like to hear when your prospect call, gets called up. So Libertor, in case you didn't see it, six Ks, went five innings, no earned runs, only three hits, did walk three. That's a little um, kind of the sacrifice you're you're taking with Libertor this year for the uptick in velocity and the uptick in Ks. So with that comes a little bit more walks than we're used to with him. But still, um, I expect that number to probably stay around there. But some really good results against the Milwaukee team. I don't know if I'm super impressed with it yet, but this isn't totally out of the blue here. I think we kind of expected Libertor to do this, don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad that he's finally getting his shot and uh and it and it has been announced that he's gonna stay around. I mean, really I was looking at um the other prospects for the for St. Louis and Libertor is by by and away, I mean by and large, that he's he's their guy right now. So um I'm glad that they're not, you know, screwing around with them and sending them back down to AAA, <clears throat> uh, Tampa Bay Rays. And um, but I'm really glad that Libertor was able to get those extra ticks on his fastball. And uh, maybe that was what they were waiting for this entire time. I'm, I mean, I may be giving them a little bit too much credit, but uh, I don't know that Libertor was was seriously um, major league ready before that uptick in his fastball. I mean, he got 12 swings and misses, uh, against, uh, I wouldn't call Milwaukee a very selective lineup, but they are 24 and 19, or at least they were that night. Um, so good for him and good for, uh, good for, uh, you, Alex, because yeah. you predicted it. <laughs> so, so far so good. Yeah. I knew he'd be up very, very quickly with that rotation. Um, a couple other things to talk about here. Dustin May, unfortunately, um, going to be on the shelf for a little bit. This hurts me in my Highlander Invitational where I was relying on him a lot. Although I'm kind of relieved because he just doesn't strike out anybody. And it was really making me mad to the point where I was going to maybe sell him <laughs> off for, for less than I should have. But what that does mean is Gavin Stone's probably coming back up. Um, Ryan yep. Pepio had sort of a setback. He's probably not back until the all-star break. Michael Grove is another option, but he's still kind of injured uh, or at least coming back from an injury. So it looks like Gavin Stone's coming back up, which is exciting for Dodger fans. Um, so are uh, are you excited about, I mean, is that the, the silver lining that I'm doing here for Dodger fans with the May injury? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was I was uh, obviously sad to see Dustin go, and especially with something that looked like it had something to do with his right arm. Um, that's never good. Uh, but I'm so excited to watch Gavin Stone get another opportunity at the major league level because, like we were saying before, or at least I, I know I was saying before, um, after watching his start, after he got roughed up and and he had you know he debuted against Philly and it was it was hard going, but he he stuck in through that start. He went back to AAA. He's been pitching really well since he's been back, and I think we're gonna see the real Gavin Stone stand up uh, when he gets his shot um, coming up whenever May's turn comes around. Uh, I also got Doc Roberts on 
uh, with a quote saying that it made as much sense as anyone else uh, regarding Stone's inevitable uh, recall. So um, it looks like it's almost a, a bona fide uh, a foregone conclusion, but I, so much so that I picked him back up in my redraft league, and and that was my last move of the week, and I'm pretty excited about it. So um, I just hope he sets up that fastball, like I was saying last yeah. time. But I, I, you got to think he's going to. He uh, he is going to have some some blow up starts. I think as long as you're willing to stomach that, don't try to play matchups with him. Like he could literally uh, end anybody's day with you know eight strikeouts it doesn't matter who the opponent is or he can give up eight runs like for his rookie year i think he'll figure things out as he goes but he definitely needs to set up that fastball as you're mentioning um but exciting to see him a couple of promotions to talk about here because they're getting pretty telling with some of these guys for instance uh potential prospect fatigue here i don't know if he's really a post-hype guy because he hasn't really struggled too greatly but that's luis matos for the san francisco giants um clearly taking uh, casey schmidt and taking him to the big leagues with luis matos perhaps there is a uh, a chance that he can get to the big leagues this year with the quick rise 21 year old in triple a is certainly something to uh, get pretty excited about. You're getting a, a nice power speed combo here. A guy that's always been younger than his competition has had some pretty remarkable seasons. If you go through his past, like a 15, 20 season as a 19 year old in low a um, last year hitting uh, 12 home runs with 11 stolen bases with some pretty good um, hard hit data to back it up. So, He's interesting for sure. But the one that's really, really interesting um, is A.J. smith Shaver for the Atlanta Braves. This guy. Your guy. Your, yeah. your guy, Alex. That this is this is this is Alex Sanchez's guy. Yeah, mainly because he's an Atlanta Brave. But yes, I, I have liked the path that he's on that has been already trailblazed by Spencer Strider. It's the same sort of progression we're seeing here. So this guy started this year in high A, which is pretty insane to think that he's already at AAA as a 20-year-old pitcher. I mean, a hitter, okay. A pitcher, though, I mean, you don't have a chance. I mean, every day you have to go out and embarrass your competition to get from AAA uh, from single A as a 20-year-old in a month and a half, which now the Atlanta Braves farm system certainly isn't anything to – get in the way to say, in fact, with the injuries in the big league, you could argue that Shaver is getting the call because they just need arms in triple a. I don't know if that's exactly the case. This guy had not given a run until today. He did give up two runs today in his debut, but he did strike out five in his four innings or something like that. Um, definitely a decent debut for a 20 year old. This guy throws really hard, has a great slider and a great curveball. That's the little difference here that, Spencer Strider has a changeup as opposed to Shaver, who has the curveball. Um, it's really, really nasty. So Shaver's ascension to the big leagues isn't completely out of the question, which is pretty remarkable for a 20-year-old um, in the Brave system with uh, a lot of openings for sure with Kyle Wright and Max Fried on the IL for the foreseeable future. I wouldn't be surprised if he continues uh, this, that he gets the call up. Um, your guy, we already mentioned this, Mark Vientos. Gets the call up to the big leagues, does hit a home run, gets rewarded with a day on the bench the next day. But 
<laughs> in in today with uh with another homer. I think he had a homer tonight. To double check that. Did he? Did he? Ooh, I don't yeah, know. But- let's take a let's take a look here. <laughs> Uh, the Mets have quite a game tonight. I don't know. I mean, we're recording on Friday night here. It was like an incredible game with Alvarez. Yeah, 10-9. Yeah, 10-9 mm-hmm. was the final score. Yeah, it's coming up right now as we speak. And Vientos. Uh, Vientos, where are you? Okay, I found him. And uh, no, just a single. Just Yeah, one for four. So uh, interesting with him and Beatty and the lack of position um, uh, versatility with those two. I don't know if they're in, if, if Showalter is planning a platoon with them or not, which is kind of depressing. But Vientos back up and you know, making quite an impression. I think he's a nice kind of prospect fatigue post hype guy as well. Very high up. I was looking back at some of our lists that we had and Vientos was up there in the forties and fifties for a lot of us in, you know, 2020, 2019 Mm -hmm. even. And uh, he definitely kind of had the debut last year and it wasn't great. And people sort of just forgot about him, but don't do that because he does have massive power as you, uh, you said last week when you drafted him into our starting nine. Yeah, and he uh, the, the the single that he hit today it was 105.9 miles per hour. So uh, he makes hard contact when when he gets a hold of that sucker. I think my best comp is like Tyler O'Neill, but just like more athletic and less like uh, stocky. <laughs> you know, um, hopefully he's a better hitter overall as well. Oh, sorry, Tyler, but um, yeah, I like I like Vientos. Yeah. Um, Tyler O'Neill's super fast. I don't think Vientos is super fast either. But no, he's not. I mean, Tyler O'Neill's like uh, Mighty Mouse yeah. meets yeah. Superman <laughs> meets you know <laughs> all sorts of Canuck. You know, yeah. whatever Canuck uh, um, superhero there is. So with the in terms of the news and notes, uh, not a lot of other things to talk about. What I thought we might substitute in for this week is who's hot and who's not in the last week or so in the minor leagues, because this gives us some names that we don't always talk about that maybe can get onto the podcast here to, to make sure that you're familiar with. The first guy I want to talk about in the last 10 days has hit four home runs, has 18 RBIs. Um, and is hitting 450. This is in high A, and his name is Yankeel Fernandez for the Colorado mm-hmm. Rockies. A guy that's years away from the big leagues, no doubt. He is 20 years old in high A, but massive power for a guy that probably can even have a tick up in the future. Um, and, you know, he has not a, not a ton of speed, and the hit tool has been is going to be the biggest question for him. But we can see what fringe prospects can do if Colorado can just sort of develop them a little bit better with Bretton Doyle out there kind of dominating for Colorado right now. Like you you wish that these Rockies were the the Guardians or the Rays in terms of development because then you'd have a gold mine in terms of hitters. So he's interesting for sure. That's quite a week. Um, I know you said you've liked him, so I'll let you talk a little bit more 
on uh, what you think of Yankeel Fernandez, outfielder for the Rockies. Yeah, I, I love Yankeel. Um, I took him in our um, prospects 1500 uh, prospects only dynasty league. Um, pretty with with a lot of excitement behind the pick. You know when you're when you're drafting and you, and you take certain guys and you do it just because of you know position scarcity or what what have you. Um, I want I wanted to hedge my bets, right? We talked about this before, where um, in my own uh, dynasty league in the the Zao dynasty, I, I drafted my entire team and 50 prospects to go with it. That's how we rolled. That's what we did. But I made it an absolute point in my other in this other dynasty league, the the prospects 1500 prospects only beat the staff league uh, to draft uh, every single player differently from the Zhao dynasty and I managed to do so but I had to dig really really deep to make sure that I wasn't just you know getting a bunch of scrubs and when I was researching Yankil man there's there's a lot to like about this kid his frame is big he's like 6263 uh still growing um, he's got like a, uh, kind of like an older style type of body to him. Like, uh, like, a uh, like Brantley, Brantley meets, um, let's see here. Who's a good lefty comp for him. It's like Brantley meets Jordan almost, uh, body wise. And he's a hit first, uh, power second prospect from the left side who makes a lot of really solid contact. And up until probably this week, uh, I think he had been slept on a lot because he didn't have a whole lot of uh, stateside success. He's had good numbers, nothing to like really get crazy about like he's been doing over the past 10 days. But um, I I love this kid. Uh, I would recommend him to anybody out there. You could probably still buy really low on him because like I said, unless you're in a really deep dynasty league, like we are, um, you know, Yankeel is, is almost an unknown. Um, and I think Rocky fans have a lot to be excited about because regardless of if it's Tampa Bay or if it's the guardians, I, I think this kid just, I think he just makes it, through based on his illicit talent and 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 that's that uh i like him a lot and he's only improved since i drafted him so yeah yeah. just gotta be patient with him he's gonna go through some ups and downs and one thing i like to do when i look at these hit streaks is the strikeout rate and so like if you're on a heater you're probably not striking out a ton so for instance or elvis martinez is on one right now um, seven home runs in the last 10 days, but it's also still 27% strikeout rate. So to me, that is, it kind of kills the fun <laughs> with that. Um, so Ian Keel does have 20% strikeout rate in his little heater here. So that kind of reminds you that he does have hit tool issues that he's got to figure out. Um, another guy that's actually really similar in the profile to Ian Keel Fernandez um, is the Hispanic Titanic, Ivan Melendez for the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> Horrid start to the year, but this last week, five home runs, 344. Again, the strikeout rate kind of dulls all of this excitement. 36% strikeout rate Ooh. on a year, which is kind of crazy to think about. So he's either hitting homers or he's striking out. But still, 
fun to see. You knew that was kind of going to be what he was going to be when he got drafted. Um, he's fun. Definitely can get him for cheap now. Maybe wait a week or two before you, you go after him. Um, we have to do our due diligence with Jackson Holiday. He's figuring out high A, which is really scary. Two home runs. God, he has uh, only this is what's crazy about him 11% strikeout rate in the last 10 days, hitting <laughs> 500 with three stolen bases to boot. So that's super scary at this point. It's just so stupid. You know what I mean? Like he's 19. You look at the kid, he looks like he's a 12 year old, right? But then he does this stuff where it, it looks like he's just owning the lower ranks of minor league baseball. It'll be very interesting to see how he does when he gets to double A, but I don't see any change coming anytime soon. Yeah. He's getting to double A. He's going to be a 19 year old. And those are the type of franchise changing both real life and your team uh, type of player you want to try to get. Um, one last other guy, uh, Thomas Segesi, who we talked about in some of our breakout guys a few episodes ago. Uh, 400, three home runs with only, um, he did have a 25% strikeout rate. So these are all kind of high for these heaters, but a guy that did struggle much like Melendez, but kind of figured things out. He's 21 at double A right now. Fun Texas Rangers team there in double A with Dustin Harris and Evan Carter and Thomas Segesi as well. He's a, a shortstop. His hit tool is a little bit less in question, so it's nice to see the three homers in 10 days uh, kind of play out. Um, so those are, those are some cool numbers to check out. Um, you know, in the in the big leagues, Dominic Fletcher and Casey Smith still doing their thing. Fletcher's at 343 with two home runs. Casey Smith is at two home runs with 417. Had a hit again tonight. So those guys, fringe guys that you would have thought of a few months ago coming up and having awesome debuts. You never know when they just can turn it on in the big leagues, I guess. So it's worth picking up guys that are on, that get the call up. I picked up Schmidt in the league, traded for Fletcher in another. I know I'm buying high. I was actually the Highlander. I bought Fletcher high, but why, why not? They, they, yeah, clearly, they sent Alec Thomas down. So why not? They're going to give Fletcher some run and he's certainly producing pretty well. Um, would like some stolen bases, but I don't know if he's going to provide that. But anyway, that's it for the news and notes. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to examine the value of the prospect fatigue slash post-hype sleeper and where we can take advantage of that and help you guys out for Dynasty League. So Futures Focus will be right back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. Futures Focus here with you. My name, Alex Sanchez, Nate Eckert joining me. 
And let's get down to what we are trying to do here for you guys listening. We are examining the value of the post-hype sleeper and what prospect fatigue might do to the value of some of these guys as well. Now, those two things are quite different to me. The post-hype sleeper is a guy that was, you know, people were very excited about and then fell off, you know, had a horrible year, didn't do well. Um, For instance, Matt McClain last year is a good example where got the call to double A and just couldn't hit anymore, even though he had some nice counting stats. That's uh, and then he came back this year and now he's a valuable asset once again. That's the post hype sleeper. Jared Kelnick, Josh Lowe, these types of guys struggled in the big leagues and then kind of figured it out back in triple A after they got the call again. Now they're very, very top 100 ish dynasty assets for you. So if we could have gotten these guys on the low, it would have been very, very valuable. Now, the prospect fatigue, slightly different in my opinion. I feel like these are guys that haven't necessarily done anything wrong, whether it be they've maybe had an injury here or there, and they were drafted super young, 17, 16-year-old international prospects that are taking a long time to get to the big leagues, maybe only moving up a a level a year. And we're just ready for them to be called up, and yet they're still not close. And so we get some prospect fatigue. And then, of course, a draft comes around, and we get all excited about the new mm-hmm. uh, Dylan Beavers and the new, you know, whoever. And we forget about the guys that we drafted just two years ago that we were also super excited about. So, um, mm-hmm. in fact, the prospect fatigue definitely hits for my first guy here. And that's Marco Luciano, a guy that I know you really like, Nate. I have had as high as like my top five, even maybe like my three or four overall prospect at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, you know, honestly, like if I was trying to value him, um, I would say he's, you know, he's in the fifties. What do you, th- do you think that's fair? Yeah. Yeah. That's, like I overall. think that's more than fair yeah. overall. It's a yeah, top 50. Yeah. And again, he has just been around for so long. I was taking a look at prospects 1500s list in 2018 and he was on that list and he was relatively high and then of course he kind of went even higher and each year you know after he kind of peaked he's gone down lower and lower and in 2023 had a kind of a uh, slow beginning because of an injury um it was his back this time but he is in double a and what's crazy is this guy's 21 years old in double a now off to a bad start, 156 with three homers in 13 games. Last year, he only played in 65 games, did hit 11 home runs in 65 games. It's pretty impressive. Um, and actually, his average wasn't too bad. Doesn't steal any bases. Um, good walk rate as well. The year before that in 2021 with 18 homers, um, 19 homers, I should say, in 106 games. Nothing jumps off the page there when I when I say those stats. They are okay. Now, you can adjust them for age-appropriate level. He is definitely one of the younger players in those levels. But he's just been around for so long that we kind of forget um, about him when it comes to our top 20, our top 30, our top 40 prospects. And he's never really had a whole season where we just look at him and say, wow, that was horrendous. He's, he's really bad now. <laughs> <laughs> and true. 2020, 2023, a 21 year old 
there's some value to probably be had here. Now, it is a little scary to treat him as a you know top 30 prospect and give up a guy that's in the 20s or t- even in the teens. But I don't think you have to do that nowadays. I think you can point to the injury. You can point to his what he's doing this year, which, again, people that get late starts often struggle really uh, a lot uh, when they come back, especially young kids. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't get through the spring training and the progression that everybody else did and they're behind the eight ball and they don't know how to mm-hmm. make that up in a lot of ways. So Luciano, again, you're getting huge power. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever questioned his power. And when you take a look, okay, well, if he has such huge power, his hit tool must be bad. And his hit tool has never been like a 40 or a 45. It's always been in the average to potentially above average. And then, People would point to the fact that he's not going to stay at shortstop, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, this is a guy that you might want to invest in right now. And I don't know if this is a, you know, since he came into the the, the discussion here, I don't think he's ever had a lower value right now than Marco, uh, than, uh, you know, he has right now. So that's Marco Luciano, shortstop, not really a shortstop, probably a third baseman outfielder for the Giants. Um thinking he can turn it around pretty quick what do you think about that Nate just real quick I know I talked a, a lot there but give me your no 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 I, I liked I liked your uh, deliberation uh you're right he has been hurt a lot um you're right his power is never gonna go anywhere it's always gonna be his number one calling card and you're also right that he's never had like a horrendous hit tool it's always been uh average to above average and who cares if he's not a shortstop? Really? I don't care. Look at Noel V. Marte right now. You know, we'll get into him later on. But um, yeah, Luciano is 21. He's so young. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. We think about these kids like they've been, you know, I feel like Luciano's been a prospect for like six years, which mm-hmm. I know is not right, but it feels that way, you know? And, and we get ultra ultra difficult when we when we start critiquing these poor kids because we just want to win our leagues and you know what do we know so give him give him another two months i would be very very surprised if he didn't turn right back into the same marco luciano that we all knew two years ago so we're going to move on to a guy from your list and out of all the guys you gave me, I think this guy is the poster child. Like if we were to have a little thumbnail for this podcast, <laughs> it, would, it would be this guy. This is a guy that has so much going for him. And I'll let you talk about him and introduce him. But I think this is like the perfect call. So go ahead and talk about your guy here. Yeah, I hope I hope he's the same one that I'm setting this up. Oh, for. yeah. He's a pitcher for the <laughs> national. Let me, let me just go ahead and say that. Oh, OK. Well, can I do him second because I no have... you 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 need to do him now. I'm that's how excited <laughs> I am. All right. Well, give him. He, I think he's a perfect selection. I think he's your best one, honestly. All right. All right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So you're right. This guy is the uh, the poster child for um, <laughs> the post hype uh, pickup that you want to make, and that's Jackson Rutledge of the Washington Nationals. Um, this kid, 6'8", 251, uh, a 2019 draftee in the first round, 
who really uh, struggled mightily uh, coming straight out of, uh, I believe it was a JC. Yes, it was. Um, 2019 was okay. Then COVID hit, then 2021 came around, and he really struggled, 768 ERA. 2022, he started coming back down to earth, 490 ERA. But this year, everyone, this year, in AA, he's got – he's 4-1 for one. He's got a 272 ERA. He's started seven games, 39 innings, uh, 39 and two-thirds innings, only 30 hits given up even better only three home runs he does have 14 walks but he has 37 strikeouts and his opponent average is 214 with a 111 whip um it gets better though because over the past 30 days he's pitched to the tune of a 240 era and a one whip so he's just gaining he's just gaining that that confidence that he had way back when he was uh, pitching for, I think it was like San Juan Cinco. Yeah. And, uh, you know, before he was drafted, this kid is, is a monster for one. And you know that he had all of the physical, the physical tools necessary to become a big dominant starter in the bigs, but you just couldn't, we just couldn't get it out of him. You know what I mean? But this year, it seems that all of that stuff is behind him and he's really moving and shaking because it's not, he's not doing this in, in a plus he's doing it in double a and, and he's done it in double a all year. So uh, that dominant fastball and that dominant slider uh, have just played up just as much as they used to uh, even better now. And he, it looks like he's gained a lot more control than he used to have. So, uh, my first uh, nomination for the post hype is Jackson Rutledge, and you you could probably do well to get him. You're probably not gonna have to pay the farm to get him. Uh, depends on who's owning him, and really, it depends on if that owner is up to snuff on his 2023 knowledge of his roster. Now. I've been in leagues where guys really don't even know who they have, you know? <laughs> so it, it's always, it's always a good idea to throw a feeler out there, you know, offer them. I don't know. Uh, let's look at, look at the list here. I'll offer him Jake Bennett, the other nationals <laughs> pitcher and see what happens. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, yeah. Rutledge is my first pick. Yeah. So I think Rutledge is such a good one to, for this exercise because of the height that you mentioned, he's six eight. We have seen pitchers that have that sort of height, and we love it. We love the the body type of that tall pitcher, but we don't realize how difficult it is with all those limbs and mm. to move consistently and reliably in a delivery. Randy Johnson is the poster child. I've said poster child a lot, but he is the <laughs> the perfect example of a guy that. We loved the height and we loved the arm, but it took him a while because there's yeah. so much going on with those taller guys. So give six, eight pitchers a chance to figure it out. And when they start to figure it out, then you jump on them because if they can develop and figure it out and have that repeatable delivery, you're getting an absolute stud potential with the, you know, you don't have to worry about the, the innings and the workload because I think Rutledge can 
be a 200 inning guy. Um, just got to figure out some of the other stuff along the way. So, all right. Um, you know, if that was the poster child, again, I said it again, I got to stop saying that word, but if that <laughs> is the poster child for the pitchers, the guy that I want to show off for the hitters is a guy from the Colorado Rockies. And you should be excited when you hear Colorado Rockies. This is a guy that again was up. This is the post hype sleeper guy. If Luciano was the prospect fatigue guy. This is the post-hype guy. Nolan Jones, the third baseman, not a third baseman anymore, outfielder for the Colorado Rockies, came over in a trade. He wasn't released or anything. He did get traded over to the Rockies from Cleveland. Um, Has already made his Major League debut. And to be honest, when you take a look at his debut, it was sort of what you would expect a rookie to have. He was 244, hit a couple home runs, struck out a little bit too much, but nothing crazy. Um, uh, you know, it wasn't like he was overwhelmed to the point where you would just want to give up on him. And then 2023, we have 12 home runs, 358 average with 476 on base percentage and five stolen bases to boot. So this is fantastic stuff. And he gets to play in Colorado. What do they have to lose? You know, they're going to bring him up. Hmm. And here's what what you can get for Nolan Jones, like, uh, yeah, he does have some name value. People remember the name, but you know, top 30 lists, you're not going to see Nolan Jones anywhere. And he's still prospect eligible has 86 at bats in his career. So he's a, he's a very good target to have. And I think that you, you can get very good value for this guy and he's probably going to be up very very soon i don't i mean brenton doyle yeah they brought him up first for sure but with that being said i don't i wouldn't be surprised if nolan jones is up in the next month or so and i almost picked him in our on our war draft as well so he's a he's an interesting guy to follow uh give me your next i think you have one more pitcher i didn't actually pick any pitchers you have one more pitcher for me is that correct i do yeah um, I'm going with Jared Jones, the uh, right-handed uh, pitcher who was taken in the 2022 draft by the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates in the second round. Um, I'm finding a lot of the post-hype guys uh, being uh, 2020 draftees and 2019 draftees. Um, it probably has a lot to do with COVID and and that weird draft where we only had like five rounds or whatever, but um, – I did a ton of research on Jared Jones because he's a Southern California guy and I was really hoping the Dodgers were going to take him. Um, he's only 21 today. They took him, uh, in 2020, they took him right out of high school. Uh, he, his stuff in high school was arguably the best I've seen from a kid. That's probably, he was six foot, like a buck 75 and he was throwing 98 with run on his fastball. I mean, he had 15, 16 inches worth of run as a high schooler. And I remember thinking to myself, my God, if this kid can figure it out, look out. And of course he scuffled the first uh, couple of years. Um, he uh, his first year out was 2021, of course, uh, single A. He's always really struggled with the uh, walk rate. Uh, he's always going to have a strikeout pitcher's mentality, and I would not change that whatsoever. 
And it, it just so happens that the Pirates are the perfect, and I rarely say this, but the Pirates are the perfect team for this pitcher because his stuff is so burly, and he's he's really athletic. He's 6'1", 190 now, but he uh, he's a two-way player uh, in high school. Uh, who isn't really? But, I mean, he uh, he's just a really athletic kid. His fastball now consistently hits 96 to 99, and this is the best news of all, folks. Uh, 270 ERA. He's only pitched 20 innings thus far in in Double A because I think he came out of the gate with a bit of an injury. He was on that seven day uh, IL that they have in the minors. But hear me out. In 2021, I'm sorry, 2022, he had 51 walks in 122 innings pitch this year he still has seven walks in 20 innings pitched but he has 22 strikeouts he only has 16 hits and his opponent's average is 219 he's got a 270 whip i'm sorry a 270 era with a 115 whip that's on the season and just in the last 30 days uh, he's pitched even better 11 and one-thirds innings pitched, uh, only three earned runs, one walk, 13 strikeouts, a 238 ERA, and a 106 whip. So I love Jared Jones. He's arguably my favorite pitcher in minor league baseball, probably because I watched so much tape on him when he was in high school. And to see him coming into his own thus far in 2023 is an absolute joy because this kid is as entertaining as a starting pitcher can be. And I, I I would go out on a limb and say that you could probably get Jaron Jones for next to nothing in most dynasty leagues. Um, even if somebody does, even if somebody that owns him is high on him, he, they know that he has a lot of uh, relief risk involved. But I think he's going to figure it out. I really do. I just I think this kid is special. So Jared Jones, that's my second pitcher for the day. Yeah, fantastic. He reminds me of A.J. smith Shaver, who we talked about earlier, obviously, where when you take a look at his 2022, nothing really jumps off the page except for the strikeouts. And Jared Jones had that a lot. And that's, you know, just a slight adjustment away from being dominant. In my opinion, when you can strike out a lot of guys, even though you have a high walk rate and an ERA. So very good choice there. Um, again, I didn't pick a lot of pitchers. I'm anti-pitcher. I've been that way for a while. So I have hitters that I think you can go out and acquire for cheap. This guy is uh, a little bit about the injury. And it was sort of a fluky injury. You know, when I think of Marco Luciano, I feel like there's always something nagging him. But with this guy, I don't really get that. And yet... The fact that he is he was injured in winter league and it was, you know, it's a it's a pretty major injury. He still hasn't made his 2023 debut um, and he actually just got transferred to the 60 day IL. Um, so he's going to be out for a little bit more. But this is Alexander Canario for the Chicago Cubs, a guy that hit over 30 home runs last year. Not a lot of uh, actually he. he you know, the strikeouts aren't too bad. Um, they're not great, but they're not too bad either. So the amount of power he showed, plus he stole over 20 bases as well. So we have a 30-20 uh, guy potentially 
going forward. And, you know, each season he's had, and he's been around since 2018. So again, another guy like Luciano, we were very excited about and sort of hasn't had a huge ascent, just sort of a normal ascent in a way. And you're getting massive power from this guy. You're getting a little bit of run. And the hit tool, again, these, this has kind of been the, the common theme for these guys is can they hit even just a little bit to tap into that power? With Canario, he's shown that he can do it at a pretty decent clip. You know, 250-ish last year, not the not the greatest, but certainly something that he could work on. Um, 22-year-old last year, already made it up to AAA. The injury stinks. Like, that's really what you're getting. And I don't, you know, what a high variance he's had throughout his career so far. He's had, like, a good year followed by a terrible year followed by a good year. And he's kind of been alternating. But Canario, for a very underrated Cubs system, although they haven't really, like, graduated their guys yet with Brandon Davis and Pete Crow Armstrong. Matt Mervis has got got the call up, hasn't dominated yet so maybe there is something to this the cubs can't develop their guys type of thing um and maybe you can use that <laughs> trade as well but canario is a guy that i think he's well outside the top 200 at this point for a lot of people and you're not going to get a guy with that much power that that's close to the big leagues at that age for an organization that has no reason not to call him up when he's ready so he's an he's an interesting prospect there as well all right um we're on to our third one let's go ahead and hear who you have to uh nominate for your post type for number three yeah uh so we we uh, mentioned him a little bit earlier today um tonight uh oral this martinez uh everybody knows him shortstop slash third baseman for the uh toronto blue jays now I wasn't going to initially use Aurelvis because of his uh, terrible batting average, but this is the thing, guys. He's he's currently in double A. He's been in double A now. This is his second year. I saw him in person. I went and watched a couple of games in Everett uh, on behalf of Prospects 1500, and uh, the Blue Jays uh, affiliate, the high A affiliate, was in town. And I saw Aurelvis um, right there, right in front of me. In fact, I took a few uh, photographs with him, etc. Back then, at 19, the kid was a grown man. And, you know, fast forward a couple more years, his power is absolutely unbelievably legit. Uh, he hit 30 bombs last year, 28 bombs the year before when he was uh, in that, that, that uh, high A. Uh, and double a mixture um but again he's just got this anemic batting average for the season he's at 149 with a 208 on base percentage i mean that's that's terrible there's no there's no two ways around it i'm sorry but there's not however he's 21 years old with enough power just like uh luciano enough power to always be there as his go is go-to calling card. Of course, his hit tool isn't Luciano-esque, but um, this kid did at one point in time, and that was in 2021. He hit 261 with a 345 on base percentage. Since he's seen Double A, those numbers have dr- drastically dipped. But 
over the past 30 days, his K rate is actually at a somewhat manageable 23%. That's over the last 30 days. And in those last 30 days, he's hit 10 home runs. Now, over the last 10 days, what we were just mentioning a second ago, he's got 10 home. I mean, over the last seven days, he has, no, I'm sorry, over the last 10 days, he has seven home runs. Uh, the K rate is a little bit higher. It's 27%. But, I mean, that's not the worst. That's not the worst that's out there on those 10-day clips. And uh, his on-base percentage during that heater is 324. His slugging is 914. So just give the guy another year or two, you know, that that's all I can say. That's that's all I ask of, of uh, our listeners. Uh, try your very best not to completely, uh, you know, just write this kid off because he's 21. He's always been uh, one of those high expectation type players and, uh, I think he'll figure it out. I don't think he'll ever hit 300. I don't think that's even a possibility. However, you you bump it up to 250 and you get those types of numbers that he had in 2021, forget about it. You want 30 home runs with the 260 average and 345 on base percentage? I'll take that every single day of the week. So just wait on him. See what he does a month or two from now. Hell, see what he does after the All-Star break. If he does anything better than what he's doing right now, that's an improvement. So all I got to say is, uh, yeah, or Elvis, he's a post sleep, but don't, don't shut down on him yet. Yeah. He's been the punching bag of guys that people will post and say, Oh, look at how bad this guy I'm out on this guy. Um, right. Because it's so easy to find a guy and say, Oh, look at how good this guy is. I'm all in on this guy, but nobody really says I'm out on this guy except or Elvis seems to be that one that people point to like, Oh, I'm out on him. Like every, cause everybody knows who he is and he's had some high rankings as well. And yeah, what you're saying in terms of the hit tool is definitely true, but um, he's so cheap now that it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. We got you guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nate. I was just going to say, absolutely. And that's what we're doing tonight. You know, we want to give our listeners a, a, an opportunity to buy low on these guys. I, I know that right now they're doing well uh, over the past, you know, 30 days or whatever. But I mean, you could still you're still buying low on Orelvis for as long as his average is under 200 under the Mendoza line. You're always going to buy low on Orelvis. So, um, it, you know, it, it, you could do a lot worse on a buy low. Mm -hmm. uh this next guy also kind of fits into the canario category where an injury has put him back but let me go ahead and paint you a picture on this guy who i know very very well as an atlanta braves fan his name is drew waters he plays for kansas city now as an outfielder um this was a high school switch hitter that came um out of the gates blazing he got up to triple a and hit three uh, 19 and double A to promote to triple A in 2019 as a 20 year old and, and still held his own hitting 271 with 336. Not a lot of power, but still as a 20 year old and then COVID hit and that, you know, people forgot that that has affected a lot of these prospects in a lot of ways. We don't really understand. <laughs> we'll probably never understand, but at that point, like he was, 
the guy in 2019. I think I had him up to like a top 15 guy in my rankings back then. Um, COVID hit, came back, and in 2021, a little bit of a down year for sure. Um, and then in 2022, a guy named Michael Harris came around and the Braves had a decision to make. And they told the world we're going with Michael Harris and we're not going with Drew Waters. It turned out to be a fantastic decision. And they shipped off Drew Waters to Kansas City for some draft picks, which is kind of cool that you can actually kind of do nowadays. But anyway, so Kansas City, and at that point, that was the point where a lot of people just gave up on Drew Waters and said, okay, well, the Braves are giving him away for literally no players, no money, just like picks, then, you know, I'm out on him. So he goes to Kansas City and in 2022 actually makes his debut, hits five home runs in 108 plate appearances with a 240 average 324 on base percentage a lot of strikeouts always sort of the knock on waters was the strikeouts for sure but when he did hit the ball he hit it extraordinarily hard 30% hard hit rate for most of his minor league career and then in 2023 the injury hit and uh, he was you know he was ready for a starting position in Kansas City in the big league club let's not forget that um and he sort of had that taken away with him because of the injury. It was an oblique slash back injury. He's he's now fully back and he's had eight games. Don't worry about what he's done in those eight games. They're not good. But I do think that the Kansas City Royals are a perfect organization for him. They're willing to give him a shot. He just needs to kind of figure it out here. Again, we talked about the fact that guys that have been injured and are young, they're not going to come back kind of the way that a, you know, a 32-year-old veteran might in the big leagues. He's got to figure some things out. I'm kind of confident that he is going to figure it out. And, like, Drew Waters is not an exciting name for a lot of people. 24 years old. We saw what he can do in a pretty extended amount of time in the big leagues, although he's still prospect eligible. So you don't have to even go after him. Like he's the throw in guy. You say, okay, throw in waters. Nobody's going to bat an eye. If they're, they really want a guy that you have. And then you say, throw in waters. Like they're just going to say, yes, <laughs> they're not going to say, Oh, drew waters. It's trades too much for me. I can't do it. <laughs> they will, they will throw in him. Um, and he's worth a shot. I, I love switch hitters. He's got a lot of speed. He's got great hard hit rates. And if he can just kind of curtail the strikeouts, which he hasn't done, to be fair, like he hasn't done that. But man, this guy's been around for a long time and had a, he's had a tough path to the big leagues. And I don't think all the blame needs to fall on him. So Drew Waters, Kansas City Royals, go out and get him now. Um, let me go ahead and have your last two. You can kind of group these two together just to save on time. And then I'll quickly go through my last guy as well. But you got uh, two more guys to go over here. Let me hear what you got. Yeah. Uh, first, I'm going to go with a, uh, a prospect uh, fatigue uh, player who really hasn't had a dip in his numbers really at all. I think more so than anything, it was just the change of team, the change of scenery that kind of took Noel V. Marte off of everyone's it list. Um, two years ago, when he was with the Mariners, Noel V. Marte was top 15, 25 uh overall prospect because of his age and his uh hard hit rate and his numbers across the board i mean 17 home runs when he was 
all of uh, 19 uh, in uh, low and high A. And then uh, last year, before he got traded, he really killed it in high A. Um, 275, uh, 363 uh, on base, 462 slugging with, uh, let's see here, 15 bombs at Everett. Everett is not a hitter's park, by the way, folks, let me tell you. And then he got traded to, to Cincinnati, and he really didn't do anything other than exactly what he had been doing with the Mariners. But, you know, there happens to be one other player in the red system that everybody is on and like, you know, for good reason, Ellie de la Cruz plus Edwin Arroyo's there plus Cam Collier's there plus Matt McLean's there. I mean, you could go all the way down the line, but Noel V has maintained exquisite amounts of uh, consistency. And I think people just forget about him because he just kind of gets lost in the fold some somehow. Um, but I'll, I want to remind everyone the type of hitter that Noel Marte is and the type of player he is. He was signed for $1.55 million by the Mariners in the 18-19 international signing period. That is a good chunk of change, especially back then. Uh, he's got a really good hit tool, 50, 60 is his power tool. I mean, everybody knows what Noel is about, but listen, he's only 21 years old. Again, I had to do a triple take because it feels like Noel has been around as long as uh, or Elvis. Now, or Elvis really surprised me with his age. Marte is a little bit more uh, because I was so close to him with the Seattle system because I love that system so much. And me being from Seattle, I was pulling for Noel as much as I possibly could. When he got traded away to Cincy, it kind of ripped out my heart a bit. But um, this year, he's just continued to do exactly what he's been doing uh, his entire career. Uh, 279 on the season uh, average. 349 on base percentage, a 515 slugging percentage. That's the 864 for everyone doing the math at home. 35 games, 136 at-bats, scored 23 runs, got 38 hits, six doubles, one triple, eight bombs, 22 RBIs, 13 walks, and only 29 strikeouts with seven, even though he's six feet tall and 216 pounds seven stolen bases. Do I think he's going to continue that all the way through the majors and, you know, for the rest of his career? Hell no. But the fact that he's doing it right now shows you just how athletic Noel V. Marte really is. And I think that everybody should get back on that Noel V. Marte train. Uh, it's probably not going to be as easy to get uh, as or Elvis, not even close, but I do think he's worth moving on because eventually if they can't find a, a spot for him in Cincy, then he's a great trade piece to anybody that wants to contend uh, or, you know, if the Reds are looking to contend, you know, et cetera. So uh, that's, that's my uh, second to last one. And then my very last one is uh, Cameron Meisner, the old, um, Oh, I'm sorry. He used to be on the um, uh, Miami uh, Marlins. Now he is a Tampa Bay Ray. And over the past, let's see here, few weeks, he's really been killing it. But let me give you his numbers overall in AAA. This is a post-hype sleeper because when he was drafted uh, by the Marlins, that was the 35th 
pick overall in the 2019 draft. Um, 6'4", 218, uh, huge power tool, uh, really athletic, looks to be like a five-tooler-esque kind of player, but his hit tool hasn't always been his, uh, his, his, his uh, maker's mark. But um, thus far this year, he's holding his own. Um, he's got six bombs. He's got uh, 818 OPS. Average is only 230. But uh, he's also got six steals thus far. Last year, he had 32 steals. Um, so uh, yeah, I think he's a bit of both, a post-hype sleeper and a um, uh, prospect fatigue in the sense that after he was traded to Tampa, which is a huge upgrade, let's just admit it. I mean, he may not have a, a direct path like he would with Miami, but even Miami's getting a little crowded. But I just like him in the Rays system that much more. And I don't have his 10-day uh, his stats right here um, below me, but he's killing the ball right now. Um, it's at least five home runs in the last 10, uh, 10 games hitting like 300, and uh, I think it would be a really good idea to uh, reinvest in Cameron Meisner because you're not going to have to pay really much at all because he's sandwiched in between uh, Greg Jones and Carlos uh, – I'm sorry, Ian Seymour, Carlos uh, Calmenezera, and Greg Jones uh, as the 15th prospect for the Rays – I think you could get him for a really good price and you're going to get a hell of a, um, a Josh Lowe esque, um, you know, there, there are worse, there are worse left-handed outfielders out there than Cameron Meisner. And I think right now would be a good time to invest. So that's my whole list. Yeah. Fantastic. I loved uh, Cameron for a long time. I feel like he has one of the, like, he's just a superb athlete seeing his movements and his, uh, kind of the way that his swing was just always got me super excited about him. So um, I, you know, again, last year, pretty damn good with that 16 home runs, 32 stolen bases. This is a fantasy guy. It's just the Rays are so tough to break into, but we'll see what happens with them. And then Noel V. Marte, again, a, a great one to target because you never know when people are sort of over it and waiting, which kind of leads me to the next guy. Um, this guy's done nothing wrong. When it comes to his stats, um, his Blades Jordan for the Red Sox, a guy that I love, love, love. And I, I you know, I have, I'm kind of guilty of what I'm telling you guys to kind of go and take advantage of in that I'm just sick of waiting for this guy. I mean, he was drafted as an 18 year old with all the hype in the world because of, you know what, in the YouTube videos and all that good stuff. But and he's only in high A right now. And you're like, oh, my gosh, he's only in high A. He, I drafted him in 2021. It's taking forever. But the stats are are very healthy. Nothing here is screaming a guy that's not going to make it. He kills left-handed pitching. Like, he has a spot in a big league roster when it's time as a lefty masher. And those guys could be useful for some leagues. I think he's probably good enough to figure out both sides of pitching as well. Now, we always loved him for his massive power. And I think he's really made a concerted effort to sort of make contact rather than to have power. Last year, he hit 12 home runs. This year, he does have five home runs, a little bit better of a pace in high A. But again, we're just so, it seems so far away. Like, okay, so 
is he even going to get up to double A this year? And he's going to, okay, so next year he's going to be 21 in double A. Then he's going to be 22 in triple A. Now in 23 and 24, I mean, is he ever going to? So that's the thing with Blaze Jordan. But nothing he's done has been bad. Um, but I think, like, you'll, you know, see him at top 200, top 250 on some lists. Um, maybe we were overhyping him too much to begin with in the fact that, like, he the power hasn't shown up as we thought it would. But. You know, he's not going to get stolen bases. He's going to be probably a first baseman, so he's going to have to hit. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like Blaze Jordan is a guy that you can get for for very, very little right now. And the strikeout rates have always been pretty nice for a guy that's supposed to have some power. Uh, You know, imagine when he's 26, 27. You're telling me he's not going to hit 30 home runs at that point (laughs) with a nice strikeout rate. Like, his strikeout rate's so incredibly encouraging. The walk rate's pretty good too. There's a, I mean, I should probably mention it. 15% strikeout rate, 7% walk rate, 20 year old in high A. So, you know, he's kind of been boring. That's that's been his big knock. So, I don't know if it's it's worth devaluing him that much. So, all right, I think we're good to go here. Let's go ahead and kind of review this list just for guys that um, maybe didn't catch any of those names or weren't listening at a certain point, but. Um, my five were Marco Luciano, Nolan Jones, Alexander Canario, Drew Waters, and Blaze Jordan. Nate, you picked Jackson Rutledge, Jared Jones, Oralvis Martinez, Noel V. Marte, and Cameron Misner for the Tampa Bay Rays. So, again, post-hype, are these guys all going to be superstars? Probably not. But, you know, it's worth investing to try to get the next Kelnick, the next Josh Lowe, the next Nolan Gorman guys that they're very valuable right now. And as soon as these guys turned around, if they do, they're going to be valuable too. So you got to get ahead of that. And this is how um, I think you can take advantage of some of this post hype and prospect fatigue we've been talking about. All right, Nate, anything else to add before we sign off? No, man, that was great. Loved it. Yeah. Fantastic. And I'm looking Looking forward to that uh, that Dodger uh, Brave series yeah. coming up. Go, it's gonna be fun. Um, we'll have to go to the when they're in LA. We'll have. To yeah, to I was just about. It. I was yeah. just about to say the exact mm-hmm. same thing. Absolutely. I'm not a, a a great partner when they lose. So. Uh, oh no. You know, I don't. Oh, no. I don't take. I don't take the trash talking very well. <laughs> I'm in Indian territory. Well, I don't trash talk, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I've only been to one Braves playoff game, and that was in Atlanta. I will not go if they are in the playoffs <laughs> against San Diego or San Francisco or L.A. Because I will just probably go to jail. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's it for today. That's Futures Focus here with you. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening. Nate Eckert on behalf of uh, Nate is myself, Alex Sanchez. We will be back next week. So thank you again for listening. Futures Focus is out. 